You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Mikey's Indy 500. I am your host, Mikey Manfredi, and thank you all again for joining me on another lap on my race through the independent wrestling scene. Let's jump right into it. First off, we have a match from Evolve Wrestling. We have Velveteen Dream versus Orange Cassidy. This match was awesome. These two put on a, these two were two people I never thought I would ever see wrestle, but I'm so glad I did see them wrestle during the match. It is a little, I will say, it is a little light on, like, Orange Cassidy shenanigans, like the the normal Orange Cassidy stuff. It all happens more toward the beginning of the match than during, but I wish it it was more throughout the match that we saw all OC doing his stuff and Velveteen Dream trying to, like, you know, stop him from doing that, but it all happens in the beginning, and then it goes into, like, a, a, just a good wrestling match. Um... There were some good moments. They had some great, uh, great sequences. Uh, Dream sold OC's moves like death. Like it was, it was really, really great. Uh, OC looked like a star in this one. He got Orange Cassidy gets some big offense in. Dream is do, Dream is doing Hogan callouts, of course, because he always does. Uh, Dream is in control a lot of this match, but OC does get some offense in and get some, uh, get some work done and. These two put on a good a good match, and in the end, Dream gets the 1-2-3 with a purple Rainmaker elbow to Orange Cassidy and wins the match. I gave this match three meatballs out of five. Um, it was good. It was a good wrestling match, but it was an okay Orange Cassidy match. I wish there was more of the Orange Cassidy shenanigans, but they did put on a good wrestling match, and I applaud them for that. Next up. From, we have a match from Defiant Wrestling. We have Mike Bailey versus Will Ospreay from the Pro Wrestling World Cup quarterfinals. This match was absolutely insane. Both I, I kind of figured it was going to be insane since it was Mike Bailey and Will Ospreay. Both of these guys are nuts. They both are amazing, amazing, amazing wrestlers. And I knew just putting great and great together would make pretty freaking great. Um, there's some really cool sequences to start off this match. Both of these guys are throwing in every, every single offensive maneuver they have at each other. It is absolutely buck wild. They're throwing every kind of kick you can think of. They're putting each other in submission holds. They're just hopping off the top rope. They're suicide diving at each other. It, everything you could think of, they are throwing at each other. They are beating the absolute crap out of each other. Um, this match just shows off how insane both of these competitors are and just the crazy stuff they can both do. Uh, there's some huge, huge aerial sequences, as you can probably guess. There's lots of small little details in this one, too, uh, that I noticed throughout the match uh, that are that, that really, like, add to the fact that it... They really add to it being a... That the feeling of it being a wrestling match rather than it just being a spot fest, and I really like that. It really made it feel like a real fight instead of just, like, two guys just doing flips at each other the whole time. Um, 
In the end, though, Osprey takes it home with the Ozcutter after a brutal, long, just barn burner of a match. This one I gave 4.5 meatballs out of 5. This match was nuts. These two put on a sick show, and I highly recommend you go watch it. It is on YouTube for free. Next up, we have a match from the World Series from World Series Wrestling. We have Ricochet versus Zack Saber Jr. Uh, at International Assault 2K17. This match was another insane one. Two, uh, two more awesome competitors who I knew when I saw them both on the on the uh, the mat, saw them both in the match. I knew it was going to be absolutely bonkers. Um, <laughs> these two started. These two are very, very talkative to each other this whole match. They are yelling at each other. They're insulting each other. They're just throwing quips back and forth the whole match. It's really, really great. Uh, it really adds a lot of character and a lot of charisma to the match. Uh, there's points where you can see Zack Sabre Jr. getting visibly frustrated, which also adds to the match. There's a lot of good storytelling in this this uh, this match, and I really, really appreciated all of it. Um, every time I see a Zack Sabre Jr. match, it feels like his opponent is trying to, like, one-up him at his own game and trying to put him in submission holds instead of, and just do better mat wrestling, and that always happens, and it's no different in this one. Ricochet puts Zack Sabre Jr. in some crazy holds, and it's, it's wild how, how much Zack Sabre Jr. just changes the complete pace of a match and changes it to a mat wrestling fight rather than Ricochet doing his high-flying stuff. It's really it's really interesting when someone whose style definitely isn't that transforms in, into a technical mat-based wrestling style um, when they're against Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. Uh, these two just throw haymaker after haymaker at each other. They're absolute, They're just literally everything they have, they are just hitting each other with. Uh, Ricochet... In the end, though, takes home the victory with a shooting star press and gets the 1-2-3. Now, this match was great. They had a lot of awesome, awesome moments, and they had a lot of awesome sequences, and they both really put on a good show. But I will say there was a lot of, like, downtime in the match, it felt like. It felt like a lot of uh, rest holds and a lot of, like, guys getting their composure together and a lot of times where they were both down. It felt like there was a lot of stoppages in the match and I wish they kept a little momentum going it felt awkward at some points when it just kind of stopped uh so I gave this match four meatballs out of five it was really really good I just wish the pacing was a little faster and a little and less like rest holdy and I just I just wish they kept the momentum they had going instead of getting momentum stopping building it back up getting momentum stopping I just wish they kept it going next up we have a match from Ring of Honor. We have Adam Cole versus Bobby Fish for the Ring of Honor World Title at Manhattan Mayhem 2017. Uh, this match was good. Uh, it's really cool how Bobby Fish starts immediately working the leg so he can get that D-bar or heel hook in. Um, they both are really getting aggressive starts at each other and just absolutely beating the crap out of each other right in the beginning. Uh, there's one point where Adam Cole hits a bunch of super kicks on Bobby Fish in a row, which was wild. Uh, they flip each other off. These two, you could tell, used to absolutely hate each other, and it was wild. They 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 threw every move in the book at each other. They beat each other to death. Uh, but in the end, Adam Cole retains by rolling up Bobby Fish and grabbing his tights and getting the dirty one, two, three, but retains his title nonetheless. 
This match felt like it was really... It, this match was really long, but it felt like I didn't see anything I didn't expect out of these two. I felt like I saw exactly what I signed up for with these guys. I, like, I wish they threw a little more risk in it, but uh, it just it just felt a little flat for me. Uh, I gave it three meatballs out of five. It was good. Um, I it was a good match, but I wish they I saw we saw more out of these guys. It didn't really feel like a title match, is what I felt like. But like that's my own personal opinion. If you guys want to go watch the match and give it your own review, it is free on YouTube, right on the Ring of Honor YouTube channel. Uh, go watch it. I still recommend you should because it's pretty good. Next up, we have a match from Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. We have Gentleman Jervis making his return and versus Richie Slade. Uh, this match was short, but it was good. We we could see right off the bat that Richie Slade is not a fan of Gentleman Jervis and his shenanigans. Uh, Gentleman Jervis trying to tickle him, trying to give him a hug. Uh, you know, R R Richie's like, get that away from me. I'm a wrestler. What do you want from me? Uh, and this match, like I said, this match was short. Uh it starts off with Richie just beating down Jervis, and then Jervis comes back and hits and uh, hits Richie with his finisher and rocks him to sleep and gets the quiet one, two, three, and gentleman Jervis wins the match. Uh, it was fine. I wish, like I said, I wish we saw more. It was just really, really short. Um, but it was. I gave this match two meatballs out of five. Uh, it was okay. Like it was. A, it was. Gentleman Jervis doing Jervis things, and Richie Slade being a generic heel. I just wish we saw more out of both these guys. I wish they had a longer match. It was supposed they were hyping up the return of Jervis, and they gave them a five minute match. It felt like just a big bummer, you know. Like I just wish we were able to see more of these guys, and for them to go longer, so we can see more shenanigans and more character from each of them. But kind of just felt a little flat for felt fell a little flat for me so um yeah i gave this one two star two meatballs out of five uh if you want you can go watch it but you're not really missing out on a great gentleman jervis banger next up we have a match from riptide wrestling we have curtis chapman versus chris wolf this match was good. Uh, these I really liked both. I really liked both of these both of these uh, wrestlers. Uh, they both had a lot, a lot of character, and they both had a lot of charisma. Uh, Chapman was in control a lot of this match. He was being a huge dick the entire time to Chris Wolf, and there's just a lot of really good points in this match where you could tell that they're doing a lot of really good character work. Um, Wolf is just an unstoppable force where she just keeps kicking out of every single move that Chapman throws at her um even though she's getting her ass kicked and then she finally gets some offense in towards the end and there's one point where she uh gets Curtis Chapman to put the uh wolf onesie she wore to the ring on because it is Halloween in this match so Chapman put on the costume but unfortunately Chapman does win this match where he hit when he hits Chris Wolf with a code breaker using one of his keyboards he brought to the ring. Um this match was good. Like I said, they both had awesome character work. They both played their roles really well. Uh this match was fun. It was fun and it was a good wrestling match. Uh I gave it three meatballs out of five. 
I enjoyed it a lot. Next up, we have a match from Beyond Wrestling. We have Orange Cassidy and Penelope Ford versus Veda Scott and the Wrestling Robot Shockwave. uh, This match was great. I've never seen Shockwave or Veda Scott in action before, and I was very excited to see both of them because I... I've heard a lot of good things, and I heard their. I heard Shockwave's really funny, and of, of course Orange Cassidy's a blast. Uh, and I was very excited to see Veda Scott because I heard she has a lot of talent. OC definitely uh, doesn't want to start this match in the ring against Shockwave because he is definitely afraid. I would be too if I was wrestling a robot. That would be wild. Um, Penelope Ford starts off this match, and it's it's pretty. It's a pretty what what you would think. Uh, they they try to they keep trying to go after Shockwave and he keeps and he keeps throwing them off and they keep trying to get an offense but they can't it's just no matter what they do Shockwave is really throwing them off and uh, dominating this match for sure. However, at one point Shockwave has Orange Cassidy in a sleeper hold and Penelope Ford throws water on him and he short circuits and he and Shockwave just turns heel on everybody uh, the wrestling robot. The, uh, turns heel on everyone else in the ring, even his own partner, and he starts trying to beat up everybody, and it's wild. They can't stop him. They can't stop the wrestling robot. It, the shockwave is just on a rampage. Um, but OC finally does get to the control panel of Shockwave, shutting him down and getting the one, two, three, and winning the match for him and Penelope Ford. Uh, this match was fun. Uh, it was short, though. It was another short match, and it felt like a lot of uh, shenanigans, and I wish we got to see more of every competitor, but it just felt like Shockwave was the main focus of this match, uh, and everyone was just trying to stop Shockwave. I just wish we got a little more wrestling first, and we got a little more show-off of everyone's skills before uh, they they finally do defeat Shockwave. Like You have a bunch of very good wrestlers in this match. Let them do their thing. Um, but, like I said, it was fun otherwise. Uh, I gave this match 2.5 meatballs out of 5. It was fine, but like I said, I wish there was more. Uh, I wish we showed off everybody else more in this one, because everyone's great. This next match is from First Wrestling. We have Chuck Taylor versus Candice LeRae. Uh, this match was really, really good. Uh, it did, however, start off with me rolling my eyes because Chuck Taylor got on the mic and immediately started giving the speech of, well, my mama raised me to never hit, to put my hands on a woman. And I was like, oh, come on, this again? How many times are we going to have intergender matches start off with, oh, I shouldn't want to hit a woman. I don't want to wrestle a woman. Can't we just do the wrestling? Like, why do we need to do this? But then he, he flipped me on my head. I totally got worked. And he said, but... She never said anything about the feet and kicks the crap out of Candice LeRae, which was a great, great start to this match and definitely solidified Chuck Taylor as the heel and Candice LeRae as the underdog right off the bat, and I really, really, really like that. Um, they There's definitely a very quick start to this match, uh, uh, and they just immediately start going after each other. There's some great sequences, great reversals from both sides. Um, they're both putting in insane work in this match. There's, of course, uh, Chuck Taylor playing dirty the whole time. But, in the end, Candice LeRae overcomes the odds and beats Chuck Taylor with the Gargano escape, causing him to tap out. This match was awesome. I gave this one 3.5 meatballs out of 5. 
I recommend you watch it. It is free on YouTube. It is short, though. I do wish this match went longer because the way it was, the, with everything that happened in the match time, uh, I know I could have seen a lot more out of both of them, and I was very, I was really, really, really wish I could have. Um, so I wish it was longer, but otherwise, it was good. Three and a half meatballs out of five. Go watch it if you can. Next up, we have another match from Beyond Wrestling. We have Layla Hirsch versus David Starr. Uh, this match was a technical grind to start off. Of course, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of mat wrestling, a lot of people, a lot of reversals, a lot of them put, trying to put each other in different holds, a lot of, uh, a lot of just technical, good ground work from both of these competitors. Um, just submission moves left and right. They're tying each other in knots. But it does become more of a slugfest later on where they just start throwing haymakers at each other. They're hitting each other with suicide dives, throwing each other out of the ring. There's some crazy, some crazy pinning sequences here back and forth. There's huge top rope spots. But, yeah, it, it goes from a technical wrestling match to just two people having a fight. And it turns out really, really well. There's there's spots where Hurst tries to go up top and she keeps getting punished, but finally ends up getting a big moonsault off. But, in the end, David Starr ends up picking up the victory and getting the 1-2-3 on Hirsch and solidifying his place as the ace of Beyond Wrestling. I give this match three meatballs out of five. I really enjoyed it, but the uh, seeing what it could have been toward the end, I wish it kind of started off a little faster. Uh, the, the technical wrestling in the beginning and the, the mat work in the beginning was a little... Uh, it was a little boring. It made it kind of it kind of made me lose a little interest immediately because I was like, oh, I thought this was gonna be more of a fight, and now I'm just like, come on, I know it's gonna be better. Just gotta get through this, and it's just like annoying for me at least. Um, but if you like that kind of stuff, you'll love this match for sure um, because it's got everything that you that uh, you would want in a wrestling match. If you're a fan of technical wrestling, if you're a fan of big spots, if you're a fan of just a big slugfest, you'll love it. Um, and it was really good. For the last match of the episode, we have a match from Impact Wrestling. We have Sammy Callahan versus Jimmy Havoc in a barbed wire death match. Uh, I I was craving a little hardcore, so I figured I'd go uh, I'd go look at some death matches. And this one seemed interesting to me. This one jumped out at me. I've been hearing a lot about Sammy Callahan, good or bad, either way, but. I had to check him out for myself, and we, of course, all know how how great Jimmy Havoc could be in a hardcore setting. Uh, there's wild spots in this match. Jimmy Havoc immediately starts off the, the match with a staple gun and just starts stabling Sammy Callahan on his arm and his head. It's just it's ridiculous. In his chest, um, they bust out a magazine, and Jimmy Havoc does his paper cut spots on his tongue across his mouth. But Sammy Callahan... Also turns the tides on him, hits him with the the staple gun, puts some magazines, pages in his head. They just they are absolutely just every weapon they can use in this match they are using to the fullest extent. Um, that barbed wire bat comes into play often and always. Uh, it's just wild. Um, there's one point where they squeeze lemon on each other's cuts, which was so it it was so bizarre, but it was so effective because because it did make me like uh, get uncomfortable because i was like ooh, it's gotta hurt just just pouring lemon juice into 
bleeding cuts. Like, that must have been a, a wild feeling. Um, it was, like I said, it was bizarre, but it was effective because it really got in my head. Callahan is a piece of shit this whole match. He's spitting in everybody's face. I think he spit in friggin' Jimmy Havoc's face like three times and the ref like once or twice. Sammy Callahan just likes spitting at people, and that's kind of gross and annoying. Um, they bring, they bring out the tax during this match, of course. They have a bag of it, and they throw each other into them. And there's one point where Havoc, uh, Sammy Callahan takes off Havoc's boots and socks, and Havoc jumps off the top rope and lands in the tax by accident. Uh, there's points where Havoc sits on a bunch of the tax when they're set up on a chair by accident when Sammy Callahan punches them. Uh, there's a low blow with barbed wire. There's so many crazy spots in this match. You should watch it. It's on YouTube. Um, but after all those wild spots, after all this blood, after all the, this hardcore craziness, Sammy Callahan comes out on top when he hits Jimmy Havoc with a pile driver onto the pile of tacks and gets the one, two, three. I give this match three meatballs out of five because there was, there was another match where this was a lot of lull in between the spots. Um... And the momentum felt a little awkward, and it, it was a weird pace for sure. Um, but if you like hardcore matches, it was enjoyable nonetheless. Um, and since I was in the mood for a hardcore match, I was definitely into this one. So, in the end, I gave this one three meatballs out of five. Uh, it was it was really good, and I enjoyed it. Uh, and that about wraps it up for this week's episode of Mikey's Indy 500. Thank you all again for joining me on another lap on my race through the independent scene. Another 10 matches in the books, getting closer and closer to that 500 mark as the months go by. I am so excited to keep watching more wrestling, and I am so excited for your suggestions on what matches I should watch. Uh, you should send those into Twitter, at hit the book at HitTheBooksPod, uh, using the hashtag HTB500, or at MikeyM133 on Twitter, also using the hashtag HTB500. Send me in your match suggestions, and I will... Review them, watch them, and shout you out on the show when you do. So thank you for that. And don't forget to check out the main show, Hit the Books, every Friday, where me and my co-host Ryan Knightsey book SmackDown. Well, where me and my co-host Ryan Knightsey are no longer booking SmackDown Live together, but are going head-to-head in SmackDown vs. Raw in our se- in Season 3 of Hit the Books. I will be taking SmackDown. He will be taking Raw. It's going to be an awesome time. It's going to be... All of our all of our shows are going to be fueled by the fans. Let's say that. Um, so go check that out. And subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes if you can. Uh, that would be lovely. Just take like two minutes and just leave a five-star review. Uh, tell, tell your friends. Spread the word of the show. Uh, and help us grow. Anyway, now that all the plugs are out of the way, um, thank you all again for joining me. And that'll be all. Adios.